mm-hmm. and I'm in your therapy chair. So, so how can I practically maintain a hopeful mindset this week? Have you had your daily drip? Welcome to the Daily Drip Podcast, episode four, and I have my buddy Jasmine with me. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Before we say anything, mm-hmm. love the braids. I'm a part of oh, the braid you. community now. So, so, <laughs> so, how long does it take to do your braids like this? So I'm actually locking it. Locking and it. This okay. took about five hours with the wash and the parting and the coil combing. So wow. it was it was a while. And even when I did braid my hair like that, it would take about four or five hours. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Long my, time in the chair. My wife's my braider. I think she can only be my braider because I don't want the public to know the sounds I make. <laughs> um, you tenderheaded? <laughs> <laughs> I have a soft heart and, and a soft head. So, so that's that. Hey, what is drip? Drip is devotional reading for insight and practice. We're going to squeeze the script for that daily drip. We build community through our kingdom content. So I have my buddy with me who's a licensed and marriage family therapist. So share a little bit about yourself before we drip. Uh, So like you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work in private practice, seeing mostly couples and individuals who are working on relational trauma, relational healing and health, um, really just focusing on emotional regulation and conflict resolution, things that would really aid in helping their emotional well-being in their relationships. I think relationships are really important. And um, with the right ones, we can thrive more in life. So I think, um, yeah, I really enjoy what I do. And it's fitting because the drip for today is hope. Mm-hmm. It's hope. So we're going to be in Philippians. We've been in Philippians so far all this year. We're going to read verses 19 and 20. And then Jasmine, I want to hear, hear from you some thoughts that you have. Yes, and I will rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Mm-hmm. Hope. Yeah. What are some thoughts? Well, hope, I think, is a sustained expectation during trials, during a period of waiting. Okay. And uh, I'm really inspired by Paul's writings in this um, in this epistle because, I mean, it really encouraged me as, you know, we look at his situation, yes. which is in being in prison. Yes. I can't imagine having, you know, so much uh, courage mm-hmm. and, and being encouraged to still do what God has called me to do. Yeah. And so, um, through that, I think that we can, we can really learn like what it means to really look upon the Lord during times okay. of adversity. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's act like I'm Paul, but I'm not as spiritually mature as Paul mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because what's happening right here is he's doing the right thing. Yeah. He's a Christian. He's sharing the gospel. And for doing the right thing, he's in prison. Mm -hmm. So now I'm coming to see you as a therapist Mm -hmm. because I'm upset. I'm in prison. I did the right thing and it turned out bad. How can I or how can you help me have the perspective of hope? 
I think, uh, you know, it's how we start our day, just okay. acknowledging God's presence, you know, in whatever situation we're in. So when I'm working with clients, I, I help them to kind of structure their day, so okay. to speak. So it's like, what are you doing when you wake up? And mindfulness is a practice that I often refer to as well, which is really just a present focus without judging the moment, rejecting it or clinging to it. So okay. It's it's uh, acknowledging what is as it is. Okay. And so, um, you know, just acknowledging, yeah, your situation is difficult. And if you can look to the Lord in, in all parts of your day, okay. you may recognize, you know, feeling more hopeful and peaceful despite what things look like. Okay. Okay. I like that. And now when you talked about mindfulness, what I will share is one thing that people are mindful of is their shame. Yes. And I think that Paul is even reflected on that because he's like, I will rejoice is my eager expectation. And he said, I will not be at all ashamed. And I'm and if so, like I'm thinking because I'm a pastor and I'm trying to do the work for Christ. Yeah. But now I'm in prison. And if I'm declaring in this letter, I will not be at all ashamed. Could there have been an undercurrent of shame of like, hey, I'm doing the right things and why am I in this predicament? What will my community think right. of me as a leader, et cetera, et cetera? So now that shame is a part of the equation, how can someone still maintain their hopefulness? Yeah, it's rough because we are often aware of what other people think about us or what we think they think about us, right? We don't that's know. Key. We okay. don't know. And that's something I'm often sharing in sessions is like, well, your your perception of what others think of you, it could not be reality, mm. right? And so um, coming back to, you know, I could be wrong about what others are thinking about me. And if let's say I'm right, that doesn't shape your reality. Yeah. Right. Um, shame is a, an emotion that we feel when we think that we'll be rejected from or outcast from our community. Like we're, we're going to be isolated. Okay. And so um, finding space where you're, um, where your gifts and talents and, and just who you are is accepted is, is a part of not feeling that shame, but also recognizing your true identity in Christ. Okay. So um, I think that's a, a very powerful tool against shame, but really coming back to just having an awareness of like who I am in Christ is something that really is a powerful tool against that shame. Okay. So if someone, because this example is Paul doing the right thing, mm -hmm. but being in a bad situation, yeah. sometimes we do the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And we're faced with the consequences right. and that causes shame Yes, because it's like, I knew the right play. I chose the wrong play, got caught, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. How would you advise someone that may be in that situation? Because Paul is my eager expectation and mm -hmm. hope that how can, how can someone that, nah, you, you're not in prison because you were preaching. You're in prison because you were doing something you weren't supposed to be doing, yeah. <laughs> but, but there's still hope. Right. How can we change someone's mindset in that? Uh, well, we got to acknowledge what we've done, right? You've we been using to... <laughs> that word a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to uh, be honest with ourselves okay. about, you know, natural consequences of okay. wrongdoing even. And so in those situations, making amends or repairs with mm. whomever, um, and just coming to terms with, with it yourself is a powerful way to navigate beyond that. And like you said, there is hope mm. after shame. So I guess what I'm hearing you saying, like in Paul's scenario, he's saying he won't be ashamed, but the next next to shame was courage. Mm -hmm. He has to have the courage to know, 
even though people may be thinking something was weird that was going on, really wasn't. And that's not my business on what other people think of me. That takes courage. Yeah. But the person that did something wrong, what you're saying, still going to take courage for you to acknowledge you were wrong. Right. Face other people, mm -hmm. face those consequences. Absolutely. And that's what gets rid of the shame. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because if you're constantly hiding, right, mm. shame causes us to go into hiding or isolation. Okay. Then you're just like kind of living in your head. You're living in your own world. But when you come, when you confront it, come face to face with it, acknowledge wrongdoing or you know whatever uh transgression or what has passed yeah then you can kind of see from who the the environment their reaction and and yeah. sort of move on from there i think it's the really important part about confrontation mm -hmm. that is necessary okay yeah. okay so let's practice this because you know every week we do this drip and we're going to practice it for the week so so my goal is to have a hopeful outlook this week mm -hmm. and i'm in your therapy chair so, so how can I practically maintain a hopeful mindset this week? Yeah. Focusing on what is good. Like I love okay. the, uh, the verse, I think it's, uh, chapter four, verse eight, where we focus okay. on what's pure, praiseworthy, yeah. you know, waking up with an attitude of gratitude. You okay. hear this phrase sometimes, okay. but focusing on, you know, the character of God and his presence near us, mm -hmm. I think that can cultivate more hope. Um, reading, mm -hmm. reading the word examples mm -hmm. of instances where, um, you know, characters did not have, or could not, not could not, but may not have had a lot of hope, but they did anyway, like reading the word to instill hope. Okay. Right. But just, um, always turning our attention. So there's a skill in dialectical behavior therapy called turning the mind. Okay. And it's about after you've accepted the reality as it is, you're regularly turning your mind again toward uh, what the reality is without rejecting it, which is in turn going to instill a peacefulness and, and hope yeah. about the future because yeah. there's less of that, like, you know, digging your heels in or, yeah. or tantruming about what the situation looks like. So we turn our mind toward um, that that um, emotion or, or just mindset of, okay. you know, change is possible. You okay. know, this is not going to always be the situation. What was that term that you said? Uh, did I say radical acceptance? I think radical acceptance and turning the mind. You said something before that that was very smart as well. I can't I, I, I remember. A, I, I'm a preacher. So what I thought about is repentance. Yes. B because cause you said turning the mind. So so it's like acknowledge that I was going the wrong way. Right, exactly. But it's not enough to stay there. It's yeah. turning up to God. Yeah. And when we turn up to God, we see that there's still hope. Because yes. he still loves us amidst our failure. Exactly. So I think that's what we can practice this week where whether you've done something right and it turned out wrong or you've done something wrong and it turned out wrong, turn to God. Mm -hmm. What Jasmine said for a practice is see the positive. And what Paul did is he said, hey, I'm in prison. I think that's verse 12 through 18. But my imprisonment is for Christ because people are getting saved in this prison. So he had hope because even though he wasn't out, people were being set free in their minds. Yes. So that's what we're going to practice. Hopefulness starts in our mindset. Like Jasmine said, we're going to master our mornings. Let's start off our mornings every morning seeing the good. Let's start off with gratitude, thanking God, and being grateful for our community. What we're going to do is I want to make sure that you guys have an opportunity to connect with 
Jasmine or any of the tools that she has out there. So if somebody that's watching the episode wants to connect with you, how can they do so? So you can connect with me on um, Instagram, okay. Willow Therapy LA. Yes, Willow Therapy LA, like Willow Tree okay. Therapy LA. And then my website, willowtc.com. Okay. And that'll be in the show notes. That's how you'll stay connected with Jasmine. And we're going to close this episode by saying, stay, stay dripping, dripping, my friends. friends.